Hello, 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 and welcome to Agoficionados, your host Ryan, once again. Hey guys, hopefully it sounds a lot better this week. Um, I actually was able to set up my microphone, and I found my mount. So I, I didn't get a desktop mount, but I got a big boom stand. So uh, there's cables everywhere, and I can't see my computer screen because there's a massive boom stand in front of me. Boom. Well, now that's going to sound. I'll be able to hear that in post-production. Um Listen, one day I would like for this podcast to be video recorded, like, you know, put on YouTube or whatever, but today is not that day because I think there'd be quite a few of you that would never watch again because just how tragic my desk looks with all these wires everywhere. I've got XLR cables, USB cables, power cables, um, an Xbox 360 that I play sometimes when I'm feeling nostalgic. Let's see what game I've got in here right now. Let's see. <laughs> Viva Pinata. No shame. No shame in my game, y'all. Oh, man. I'm gonna break this. Nope. Don't break. So, uh, tragedy struck yesterday. I uh, recorded the entire podcast and I did post pro and edited it and made it sound as good as I could. And I rendered it. And then when I exported the file, it was way too quiet. And that's like a mastering issue. So there's mixing and there's mastering, which in a podcast, both are pretty easy. You just kind of, because typically a person doesn't, there's pitch and inflection, but you're not like changing things too drastically versus like music. Like if you're doing actual music, there's like a spectrum where, you you know, the hi-hat and the snare, they fit in certain areas and the bass guitar has to fit in certain areas and like acoustic guitar and piano are kind of overlapping. And so you got to, there's a lot to it, but with a podcast, it's a lot easier. So I just wanted to preface with that so that you know that this would be way more tragic if I'd like worked on a song and deleted everything, but I, it was too loud and I just had to make it, I mean, it was too quiet. So I had to, all I had to do was basically bring up the volume of the whole podcast so that if you're on Spotify and you're listening to a different podcast and you go to this one, it's just not like dead quiet. And, Needless to say, I deleted everything, and it was so, like, I spent three and a half hours, three and a half, four hours on this podcast yesterday, and to just have it all deleted was heartbreaking, but I will say this, I'm going to say this with um, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of conviction, that episode was never supposed to exist, Okay. This is the this is our destiny. Our destiny was for me to record a second episode today. So with that being said, here we are. So I'm trying to hunt down something that I should have had prepared before I started this. Um, but today we're going to be talking about uh, pod, uh, the Pixel Guy controversy. Probably the most controversial drama I've seen. On Algorand, I know before me there was some situation with a entitled whale, and <laughs> I am so far removed from that that I wouldn't even know how to explain it. If there's anybody here that's like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth looking into though because it's pretty interesting. It's just interesting that one person turned an entire community against them. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about the Pixel Guy controversy. We're going to be talking about some st cool projects I'm in. That's kind of what I like to do every week is just talk about projects I'm into. 
and we're gonna talk about some new DeFi protocols and kind of I'm gonna try and explain how I understand in the best of my knowledge like if you're a smart person like if you're here to just be like oh I just want to hear <laughs> I just want to be entertained great stick around if you're as dumb as me um stick around because you know you're gonna get me but if you're like super smart really give a DeFi and stuff still listen to me but take it with a grain of salt i'm not here to try and i don't think i'm an expert in everything and i'm gonna be talking about some DeFi stuff and if you have any corrections for me please let me know um so that i can address those speaking of addressing things i potentially could have gotten wrong so last week i said that you have to go on ethereum to purchase these snfts from opulus and it turns out that's not true it also turns out it's still very difficult for me to find out how to get a hold of them, but apparently they are Algorand SNFTs, but you have to buy them on the Republic website. There's, I'm, this is what's really convoluted and confusing for me with Opulus. Like we have Ditto Music, Republic is somehow involved, and then Opulus, and then I have Lee Parsons on Twitter telling me how to do everything. I, I wish there was. They need a PR guy. I just need because I, I I'm really interested in this Kyle album, especially if I don't have to pay gas fees to buy it, and I would love to buy the NFT. I I think Kyle is a good musician, and I'm really impressed with that pickup. Um, so the reason I know that the reason I got corrected was, uh, Lee shared something on Twitter this past week, and I retweeted it and said, "Hey, yeah, good on Opulus to get a hold of Kyle." And he quote tweeted me and said something, and I'm surprised at this point he's still quote tweeting me on things, but he quote tweeted me and said something, I don't remember what it was, and again, I don't want to misrepresent him, and so I quote tweeted what he said, and I said, hey, hey, not so fast, like it was a good, like he was saying a good thing about me, I guess, and I quote tweeted him, I was like, hey, not so fast, you might want to listen to my first episode of my podcast before you go retweeting me, and I was just being funny, and a couple hours later, he commented and he said basically he said uh <laughs> you can get the snft on algorand and people just aren't listening and that's all i'm going to give you and i was like holy crap lee parsons went and listened to my podcast like i gotta give the dude credit he's committed kevin durant would never listen to my podcast so maybe lee parsons is a little bit more redeemable than kevin durant um but yeah, so I guess as we find out, as I find out how we can acquire these, because I think if you guys haven't ever listened to Kyle, if you like hip hop and like rap it kind of music, go listen to Kyle. He's pretty good. Um, I like him a lot. I don't like him a lot. My friend literally thinks he's like one of the top three rappers of all time. That's insane. I uh, I don't know how you can say anybody's top three rappers of all time when you've got Tupac, Kanye West, and I don't know. I'll think of the third one in the world um and if you're not a kanye fan don't ever listen to this podcast ever again i'm just kidding <laughs> but as a someone who produces music kanye is like way just like he's so ahead of his time it's unbelievable and it's so unbelievable to the extent that he'll come up with an album and i'll be like this is garbage and then like 10 years later i'm like okay all right this is good and i'm sick of it happening and honestly, I have to wait for it to happen with, I want to say Doris, but that's, uh, what's it? That's the other dude's album. I can't remember what the most recent Donda, that's what it's called. Um, I listened to Donda and I was like, not super excited. It was really unfortunate because my beautiful dark twisted fantasy might be the best album to ever be created. 
And you would think a guy who was that affected by Taylor Swift to that extent to make an album like that would have maybe been affected by divorce and made something better than Donda. I don't know. I need to be careful because at this point people listen to my podcast that I am critical of. So I don't want, I love, I love Kanye's music, but I think we can, I think most people would agree that as a human, he might, he clearly struggles with some things. I have, I, I said, Hey, I'm, I literally told myself, I'm like, I re, re- this is your chance, Ryan, you're re-recording this podcast. And so you can stay on topic more. And I think that was more off topic than anything I said yesterday. It's a bummer. It's crazy that yesterday's podcast is like the lost tapes or something. Like you guys can never know what I said. And there was one part where I got messaged on Discord, some crazy stuff, and it, I went on a rant because of it. It was pretty funny. And we'll just uh it's it's, it's buried forever. I literally so I had so many people that were like, "Hey man, you can you can get these files back because they're just in your trash can." And I was like, yeah, totally. If I wasn't an idiot who shift deletes everything, like I, I hate having stuff in my recycle bin on the desktop. So I always shift delete and that, you know, if you know how things, I'm another ramble, but if you delete something on your computer, it doesn't actually get deleted. It gets put, it gets put somehow in the bottom of your like nowhere land until it gets covered up with something else. Like that's kind of how it works. But if you shift delete, it gets covered up with a bunch of random code so it can't ever be retrieved so shift delete like is is a a shredder and delete is like a recycling bin so i shift deleted these which means they were just covered up with a bunch of code it was anyway tragic so moving on from this insanely long intro uh i wanted to i want to put the pixel guy thing to to rest i feel like i was contacted quite a few times this last week and people, nobody was aggressive towards me, but they said that there are people who feel strongly against what Pixel Guys has done, and I don't know. I think I think my what I said about this in the podcast yesterday was really good, and it's a shame I can't even go back and listen to it. But basically, this comes down to I think intentions, where unfortunately. Unfortunately, we want to persecute people for their intentions, but it's impossible to measure intentions. Like someone can tell you their intentions and you can choose whether or not to believe what they're saying. But at the end of the day, there's no way to measure intentions because we can't read people's minds. So we say, well, if this was intentional, it's okay. I mean, I'm sorry. If it was intentional, this is bad. It's malicious. But if it was unintentional, they just didn't know. Well, then it's all right. And I, I don't I don't understand that because someone could say, well, it wasn't intentional. And you you still have that doesn't really depending on how you feel about that person initially, you really can't change your opinion. You, you, you don't know any new information. You're just like at least they admitted their they told us their intentions. Unless they say their intentions were bad, then you could probably it's pretty believable at that point, I guess. But I wish we weren't so quick to be like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to assume what their intentions were and we're going to commit to that. You know, at the end of the day, all we have is what's in front of us. And what's in front of us is that there were these traits that were copied by pixel guys. They were copied by a project on Solana. It's been like proven consistent. I've seen enough evidence that on Solana, it's just normal to do this. Like it's just what people do on Algorand. We are much more strict about art and originality and I'm going to say something that's going to make some people mad, 
and honestly, it's frustrating to me too. It makes me mad too. But I'm a musician, and I like to try and create. And as I get older, I, I care less about this, and I just want to have fun. But when I was a kid, it was like, I want to change the world with music. I want to create music that's so original that people never heard anything like it in their life. And an unfortunate reality that I've had to face as I get older is that there are only 12 music notes. I have 12 notes in music that I have to try and mix together in some way that nobody else has ever mixed them together. And people have been making music for hundreds of years, thousands of years, but it's been recorded for hundreds of years. It's impossible. It's it's impossible to make something that is a hundred percent original. And this, I feel like it's probably the same with with art. I mean, look nowadays, like people. There's like that guy. I, I've seen him on the internet where he or he or she. It might be a girl. Um, they they put a bunch of objects together in this museum. So it's just, it's just like random hanging objects until you look at it from a certain angle, and it's like. Like, I think the one I saw was, if you looked at it from one angle, it's a gun. It's a bunch of guns, and when you look at it from one angle, it's a gun, and another angle, it's America. Or maybe just one angle, and it's America. Obviously very political, but very interesting and very innovative. Nope, like, nobody, people can come up to them and say, hey, you stole this. I've seen pictures of America before. But what makes them original is that they did it in the way that they did it. It's a perspective piece. It's innovative on in, in the way that art works. Um, and that's and so we look at that, and I know this sound. I, I, people are going to say that's not the same. It isn't the same. I agree with you. But it comes down to intention. It's like, oh, well, their intention was to innovate and to do something different and to, and to say a message in a different way. They, they could have just painted a like made a, a very obvious picture of guns in America to show the same message and instead they they came at it from a very original take and that's what makes people pay attention and so we all agree on what their intention was their intention was to get this message out and to do it in a new and innovative way even though we were they were just making a picture of America but when it becomes a little bit more the lines become a little bit more blurred on what intentions could have been that's when things get more controversial, and that's what happened with Pixel Guys. Is we're just like, okay, their intention, like, how could you possibly think it's okay to steal? And then they said, well, we don't think it was okay. It's something that's kind of normalized. It's not even really looked at like stealing on Solana, and we're from Solana, so this we didn't really know exactly what we're doing. And there was also a language barrier, so it was kind of hard to say thing to articulate thing things properly, and so it looked bad. I'll agree with you. It looks bad to say, oh, we're inspired by NFTs on Solana, when literally copied and pasted some traits. Um, but my my thing was, I can't measure their intentions. I can't possibly know if they sat in a room when they created this, and they're like, okay, if somebody catches us doing this, this is what we're going to say. This is how we're going to handle it. And like it was all planned from the beginning. Like I did not see any of that. I never felt once like the creators wanted the backlash they would get. And I don't think, I don't think it was like, I don't think people would care if they found out. I think it was a normalized thing on the Solana blockchain. They came here and algorithms were just a little bit more strict about art and it's a little bit different. And at the end of the day, we, we don't know what their intentions were. And I, you can't, I can't even factor intentions into the into my decision because I can't 
possibly know. I can't, you can't factor something you don't know into a decision. So what I have in front of me is a cool community, a cool holders bank where, you know, some of the royalties get going to this bank and you get to own part of it if you own these NFTs and some cool pixel art with some copied traits from Solana and the artist from Solana. Not only was it okay with him, it was hilariously like it felt like he, his time was wasted. He was like, yeah, go read this book. <laughs> he was basically like, go read this book about how you should have, you know, stealing. It's called stealing with pride. And then these people were like, oh, that's a book for business, not art. And I was like, well, I don't know. We're a little, we are so obsessed with originality because originality is so scarce. It's probably the most scarce thing in when it comes to art for us because it's there's just so much that's been done. If you started an NFT of a giraffe and it's pixel art, I'm I I feel like over all of the cave drawings from before Christ, we're probably gonna see a lot of giraffe art that looks a lot like it. But but the the, the the argument against that is that's preposterous. That's ridiculous because that person who made this NFT could have never seen that cave art. Their intentions were good. Okay, so we're back to intentions, which we cling to. We cling to it like a cliff. It took me a long time in my life to finally just be like, I cannot measure people's intentions. For all I know, everyone my whole life has just lied about their intentions. And you, the quicker you recognize that with, with everything's outside of NFTs, things in life, politics, your family, your friends, your kids. I, I try to hold my daughter accountable for her intentions all the time. And then she's like, that wasn't my intention. And I'm like, well, I can't prove you wrong. I just have to hope that you figure it out on your own. And I really can't control it. But we love, we love when we, we, we just, we, we, it's hard. It's hard on us to not be able to control other people. And when you assume people's intentions, you're controlling them. You're saying this is what you thought with your brain. Don't tell me what you thought. Don't you're not going to try and tell me what you thought. I'm going to tell you what you thought. Anyway, I'm going to leave with this, okay? Um I I I really sat down with this whole situation and I wanted to just have one final well, three final just points. And and I wanted to come up with something that was from me, that was make it special that you're listening to me that you could hear this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not... I wanted to come up with something completely original that really just kind of put this to bed. So I have three points, okay? The first one is that good artists borrow and great artists steal. My second point is lesser artists borrow, great artists steal. And finally, my third point is Immature poets imitate. Mature poets steal. Bad poets deface what they take, and good poets make it into something better, or at least something different. The good poet welds his theft into a whole of feeling which is unique, utterly different than that from which it is torn. And that's all I got to say about that. Completely original, 100% from my brain. You're welcome. Moving on. So, uh, I learned something about algo x nft this week and it's a good thing but sometimes good things in life are frustrating right like it can be good 
it's for the greater good, but it it hurts. It, it's just it's not fun. Like it's probably for the greater good that we pay taxes sometimes. I don't know. Nobody likes to pay taxes though. Like you have to think about the big picture to be like, okay, I guess I'm all right with giving my money away and trusting somebody else to pay it. So I'm gonna take a drink of my little energy drink here. So on Algo XNFT this week, somebody put up a top 100 rarity Mingo. And I saw that and I was like, yo, this is my ticket in. There's something about, there's something about <laughs> being like part of like an elite class. You know, we watch the great Gatsby and we're like, dude, I want that. I just want to go to these parties and wear a masquerade mask and drink champagne that costs 50 cents to bottle, but I'm going to pay $200 a glass for it. Just, just cause, just because I'm that rich. And I'm going to acknowledge that on a smaller scale and the uh, Mingo discord. If you own the top hundred rarity, you get to be a part of the elite channel. And I was like, I'm, I gotta, I need that crown. I, I'm going to get that crown next to my name. <laughs> So this top 100 Mingo was on Algo XNFT, and it was 250A, for, and it had a couple hours left. And I was like, okay, how much is this going to cost? Like, I'm used to Algo XNFT as it usually as it has been, um, which I'll talk about more of that in a bit. And if you don't know what Algo XNFT is, it's it's an auction. It's like eBay for these NFTs. And uh, so I was like, it, it was ending at like 11 my time. And I was like, I'm going to be at my computer at 1040 and we're going to get this thing. And I told myself, I'm not going to spend more than 700 a on it. And that was like way more than I probably should have committed to. But I love over leveraging myself. It's very nice. It's a, I love being stressed out. So I uh, started bidding on it <laughs> and it just it got to like five minutes left. And it was like 275, 300, 320, 400. Like it was just going up and up and up. And now they have these anti-sniping rules on there where if you bet in, in, or bid, not bet, if you bid in the last five minutes, it adds a minute or something to the, to the auction. So <laughs> I didn't realize I'd be stuck here. I thought it was gonna be like a 15 minute experience and, I, and we're just bidding it like me and this other guy are just bidding back and forth in the last five minutes and it keeps adding a minute on and you end up sitting at your like it's work like it used to be like snipe like and I, I'm, I'm i'm glad this exists i don't want sniping i want to like if i need liquidity i want a good place where i can go get liquidity for my nft without getting it stolen from me so i'm really happy this exists as a seller as a bidder not so much i mean i'm sitting there for like 45 minutes just thinking like all right what's this got to go to kind of go to how can i just go i just want to go to bed like i'm just tired and this guy just keeps going we're just we're in the trenches man it felt like world war ii in this thing and uh finally i was like it was at like it was at like 620 i think and i was like all right i'm just putting down my final bed oh my gosh my final bid i'm gonna put down 700 and if i win i win if i lose i miss the ground next to my name and that's just how it is Man, and I don't. I guess that was it. I guess I I won it. And first of all, pretty cool. I feel pretty cool about it. Um, it's got the bow tie and it has the gray background. 
It's number. It's the top. It's number ninety six in rarity. I think I don't remember exactly what number it is. That's the unfortunate thing about it is. I have a lot of Mingos, and I'm like, I love this Mingo. It's like, because like, and they're because I think they're cool. Like, I have one that's just yellow with a yellow background and a yellow pizza on its head, and it just it's cool the colors, and I love that. And it's hard; it'd be hard for me to sell that. But man, if anybody wanted to offer me like fifteen hundred for this top one hundred, I'd take it pretty quickly. Maybe when the market's up. Um, but in the meantime, being a part of this elite channel is pretty cool. But we don't talk about much. Like I would, I thought like we'd be like. I really thought I'd be like, did you hear about Clarence? Clarence is starting a new banking operation. And parents has good parents and went to a private school. It's not like that at all, though. It's kind of just like, hey, uh, you guys bought this yet? <laughs> Everybody just talks about what they bought. I like it, though. I like being a part of it. But uh, it was cool to snag that and uh, really just, I feel like 700A feels like a lot. But... Algorand was at like 140 something, which it's back up to that now. And so it was pretty cheap. And I really just um, took some money from my bank account. So I think sometimes I forget how much, like when thing, I, I look at things in Algo and it's like not even real to me. I don't like equate everything to dollars until I'm showing somebody. I'm like, hey, yeah, this is an NFT. Like I Like none of my friends are into NFTs at all. They all make fun of me for it. And so I'll show them and I'll be like, yeah, this, how much do you think this costs? And they're like, I don't know, $3 million. And I'm like, well, it's not that much, but way to ruin the fun guessing game. And so <clears throat> anyway, I picked it up for 700 a, and it's pretty cool. But right after that was the St. Jude's auction. And I'm like, uh, shout out to sedated goose. He makes, I, and I think you're a dude if I misgendered you. I apologize, but, um, he makes algo sprouts, which just told you I had Viva Pinata in the Xbox. So you are, I've already exposed myself as someone who loves farm slash garden Sims. Um, and so pretty much every time a new sprout comes out, I, I scoop it up and he always has a series where you can't buy it. You can only roll it and it, it's like a you roll once a day to see if you got some fertilizer and then fertilizer gets traded in with a seed head for a sprout. It's super cool. Um, so he's putting up a purple cactus in the St. Jude's auction. And I'm like, I'm on it. Like I get to give to children and I get a new algo sprout, like win, win. So there was, we made uh stitch Bob. It's just stitch now, I guess. I guess he dropped the Bob. But old Stitch in the Mingo Discord, he was like, hey, we're going to all make guesses of how much this uh, one of the Mingos goes for in the St. Jude's auction. It was like a hypno-cyber. Like it's, it's pretty cool. How much it goes for, and if you guess right, you get this other Mingo. So it was a free Mingo to whoever guessed whatever the auction, whatever the bid was. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to bid. I'm going to, not bid, but I'm going to guess 3069. Because, you know, I'm a child like the rest of Algo fam. And I really thought it wouldn't go lower than 2,500. And it, there was up there with a laser, a laser eyes, Wendy's Mingo, which was honestly tempting as well, but I'm already really low on liquidity and I've rebounded a lot. I sold some stuff this week and I was bummed about it, but it is what it is. Um, but 
this thing kept going. It got below 2,500. And I was like, all right, surely it's about to sell. And then it went down to 2,000. And then 1,500. And then 1,300. And I told myself, if it goes below 1,100, I'm sniping it. I'm taking it out. I don't want to say sniping. Because it's a freaking auction for children in hospitals. And it went down below 1,100. And I was like, fine. I scrounged up whatever liquidity I could. And I picked it up. And, you know, putting all my algos in governance would have got me like 90 algo this past three months. And instead, I just scooped up this hypno skin mingo that's hopefully makes me a lot more money than that but i feel bad i feel really upset honestly i don't think i should have ever been able to get that i think somebody else should have gotten it for a lot more and there should have been a lot more money sent to these kids and i think obviously i don't have a view of the big picture i'm sure there's billionaires giving millions and millions of dollars to saint jude's hospital where that difference might not be as big a deal as I think it is you know I think I'm more of this is more of like a a moral dilemma in my mind but I just felt it just bummed me out like I'm glad I was able to stop it from getting any lower but I I got a really valuable piece for this for what I donated so I have a proposition first of all shout out to algo bulls or bull bull algo there's so many people have so many different names but Shout out to the person who set this up. Um, even if it wasn't, even if it didn't pull in as much algo as we hoped, you know, algo was down a lot that week. It's Christmas time. People are holding out because they're trying to buy presents and stuff. I made a funny joke on the podcast yesterday that um, since we're all early twenties to, I feel like I feel like a large demographic is early twenty males, um, and a. I guess stereotype of that demographic is a lack of present buying for your people. Just based off my own experience, I've always been a bad gift giver. It wasn't until I was married that I started being a good gift giver because my wife does some good gift giving. Um, but also, I feel like we receive a lot of money for Christmas. So I feel like after Christmas, we're going to see a lot of NFT sales because basically based off of generalizations and stereotypes that I'm making right now, unfortunately. Um, so I think the delivery was a little bit better yesterday. So <laughs> glad I'm not basing this podcast off what I said yesterday because boring. Anyway, so I think I propose that we have the St. Jude's Christmas auction in July. Weird, probably. Nonsensical, maybe. Gets more uh, money for the kids. Highly likely, you know, that's just when things are up. Things are just down in December because people are pulling out to buy Christmas gifts and lots of selling so that they can afford just to probably buy, you know, just, I mean, just it's expensive time. There's a lot of stuff you do. You go, everybody goes and does all these Christmas events and throws Christmas parties and it just costs money. So it makes sense to me that, um, you know, I, it, it's funny because that probably goes against what I just said. I doubt early 20-something-year-old males are doing all of those things. But listen, I'm here to for confirmation bias. That's it. I'm not here to make sense. I'm not here to use data. I'm just here to say stuff anecdotally and everybody say that I'm wrong. I'm cool with that. That's If, that, if I have to play that role, I'll play that role. But the, I got two amazing mingos this week. And it's probably because I'm a 20-something-year-old male that's not going to buy anybody any presents. It's pretty messed up. 
So back to the Algo XNFT thing. Um, two months ago when it first came out, it was the wild, wild west. For, shout out to Silent Cartographer and... D- I'm sorry, other person. I know it's Silent Cartographer and one other person. I'll give you a shout out next week. But they've worked really hard because when this thing first started, there was, it was just tragic. You, there, first of all, there was no incremental bidding. So it would be like starting bid 188 algos. And then someone would be like, all right, I'll do 180.1 algos. And then it was like the thing from uh, the office. I don't remember what the auction was. I think they were auctioning off like a dinner with different workers I remember or something, but uh, Phyllis's husband, I think, uh, Van or whatever, <laughs> he was like hundred dollars, and then Dwight's like one hundred and one dollars. I was like, it was one cent. He's like one hundred dollars and one cent. Like that's what Algo XNFT was. Like people were just someone would meme it and be like, all right, a hundred point sixty nine Algo, and then someone would be like, all right, hundred point sixty nine four twenty Algo, and it was like this these. <laughs> To beat out someone's bid, you didn't have to bet, bid anything. It was so it was frustrating, and um, it was frustrating for that was frustrating for sellers and bidders. So I'm glad that was prioritized by those guys to get fixed quickly. And now it actually you have to do a certain, you know, you have to raise the bid a certain amount. Uh, the other thing was sniping, which I just talked about, like how I got stuck in this 45 minute bid war on accident. You know, sniping. It was kind of crappy. It it was good for me. There was a lot of times I got some really good deals on stuff. I got a Chad Muska Algo Hands for like forty dollar or forty eight Algorand, and that was a hell of a steal. I was happy with that, but I felt bad for whoever sold it, you know. But now with those in the Wild West, you you could just you could just snipe everything and right add point you know zero zero one Algos the cost of a transaction onto your bid and bam, you won the bid. And if you did it at the last second, you, you could potentially win. But what was happening was everybody was doing this stuff at the last second. And so it was, I, I sold like six Mingos before this anti-sniping came in. I'm so mad. I didn't, I wasn't just patient for like two more weeks. Cause I have, I'd have a lot more liquidity, but, uh, the, uh, I lost my train of thought. Shocker. Everybody would snipe at the last second and some people's bids wouldn't go in or whatever. And so it was just like, it was like a lottery. And now it is a very usable smart contract to auction off your, um, your NFTs. And it's also a great way to get NFTs below the floor. Like you can still get good deals on there. You're just not screwing people over. So mad respect to what uh, Algo XNFT has done, Silent Cartographer and his uh, his amigo, who's really, I feel so bad that, my, that your name is slipping my mind. Um, Tiny Trolls. I'm, I'm going to talk about Tiny Trolls every week until y'all catch on, okay? Tiny Trolls has like, last I checked, 65 of uh, trolls left in the instant shuffle. There were a thousand total and all but 65 of them are gone. And it's a deflationary NFT project. So 
the uh, the trolls themselves are fairly simple. There's nothing crazy going on with them. But what I think is really cool is the traits and the level of detail into the traits. And also, there's a lot of shout outs to other projects. Like I have one uh, troll and it has an Algo Bros jester hat. And it's like a skating Algo Bro on it. And then I have a, it has a stupid horsey like horse on a stick, horse head on a stick thing. Um, and then a Trinley shirt, which is pretty cool. And then in its other hand is a like a flower. I like flowers. Uh, which I tell myself is a shout out to Algo Sprouts, but I think it's just a bunch of random flowers. But it's really cool. And it's the cool thing is you can send back to the creator two trolls, and that the creator is Robot Uprising. Shout out. You can send them two trolls, and you pick which traits you want to keep. So it's really interesting because in every other project basics are kind of sought after like i know there's a small community where we really like basic nfts it's really big in the al's and the uh which al stands for absent obviously without leave i think that's what it is and then the mingos people like the basics like if you get a mingo that's got just one trait like my my pizza head one i was talking about like it's just one trait everything else super clean it just looks so good. Like if you get just some sunglasses or maybe just like a Lakers jersey and nothing else, even though I hate the Lakers, I'll say a Sonics jersey. I feel better about that because I hate the heat too. You, it just looks so clean. But so it's funny because on these trolls, uh, it's less rare, I guess, because, well, it, it is, it's actually still very rare, but it's very rare to get an empty hand or a naked troll or one with no hat on. And so you, but you can craft your basic troll or you can choose a trait you really like and make a basic with just that trait. Or you can make like a motorcycle, I don't know, like a chef troll, whatever you want. Like it's really cool. You can do all this different customization and and make whatever you want aesthetically. Uh, But the, uh, no, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's, I like it. I think it's fun. Oh, that I was going to say. So, um, this is kind of something that I, you hadn't really thought about until I was more into it, but let's say you have a troll where you just want, like it has a rainbow body and that's the rarest colored body you can get. So you're just like, I just want a rainbow body on to my other troll that already has traits. I like, well, you're getting, you're removing the traits that, that are on that rainbow body. So if it has like a golden AK and a chef's hat, those, and those two things are going to be gone forever. So those traits as they exist on other trolls make those other trolls more rare. So the rarity system is actually kind of chaotic, which is, I think it makes it super fun because I'm trying to think of a very, like there's like a, there's like a nine iron, man. That's not super basic. Like there's a, uh, I'm trying to think of a trait that's super basic. Like I keep thinking ones that are not basic, but really, um, popular. Um, there's like a soup ladle, I guess. I don't know. Let's say there's a soup ladle. And a soup ladle, like, let's say 175 trolls currently have a soup ladle. Well, every time someone says, I don't want a soup ladle trait, it gets burned up. And if you burn up 120 of those, well, now there's only like 15 with soup ladles. And suddenly people are like, oh, I have a <laughs> I have a soup ladle. It's like a random trait. And Robot Uprising never would have intended the soup ladle to be a sought after trait. And the community kind of made it that way. And I think that's a very interesting aspect 
of these tiny trolls where you could just be like, I'm going to buy up every yellow troll and make yellow the rarest skin. And people can't help themselves. The rainbow might look way better than the yellow skin. And just us as collectors, we want this. We want the rarity. We want to have something nobody else can have outside of right clicking and save saving. So it's I think it's really interesting that you can <laughs> you could take something really dumb that robot was just like, yeah, this would be a weird trait to put in there. Like there's chainsaws, like maybe just like make the chainsaw super rare. Actually, I found I wish I would have thought about this 20 seconds ago when I started this rant. There's fish. There's where they're just holding fish. I wish that someone would just buy up all the fish and burn up every fish troll. So there's only one fish left. And then you're just like, yeah, I have the troll with the only fish in its hands. I think that would be really funny. Anyway, I love tiny trolls, if you can't tell. But I I, I think, and I wanted to say this too, and I'm about to close here, but I wanted to say, if you've done, if you're doing a shuffle right now, like hang in there. I think I've saw, I, I love Al Gatto's. Um, they're just like the, the cats with its cat face and it just has random traits. Like, I think those are so creative and fun and they're doing such a good job with that. But the shuffle isn't like emptying out in one day and that should be expected right now in the same regard that as a collector, our mindset should be, don't ever buy an NFT that you wouldn't be mad holding if it was worthless, which is a mantra we sell or we tell ourselves. I'm sure people would still be upset that if they lost a bunch of algos on this stuff, even if you could afford to lose it. Like it's not fun to lose money. But to a certain extent, I do think you should follow that mindset, and I think creators should too. Don't create anything where if it makes nothing, you feel like you've wasted your time working on it. Like Algados are awesome. This Tiny Trolls shuffle has taken some time to empty out, and it's just a cool down market. It's gonna heat up. Come January, when all of us get money from our moms, and you should go spend your hard-earned Christmas gift money on some tiny trolls and some Algados. I think I'm saying that right, Algados. Um, I have like five, and I do think they're cool. I do think the animal NFT space is running out of room. Eventually, like we're gonna have to, people are gonna go to a zoo and be like, I gotta pick a new animal to make NFTs out of. Um, but people love their animal NFTs and people love animals and people, everybody has a favorite animal. Most people have a favorite animal. I honestly, I actually just said that really confidently and I couldn't tell you what my favorite animal is. Maybe a platypus just cause it's so WTF. <laughs> but, um, and someone wants to make platypus NFTs. I buy a couple. Uh, tomorrow is the Ling Ling shuffle in the Mingo Discord by Tim, Lord Ling Ling himself. Super excited for that. If you don't have something that provides shrimp already, you should get on that because obviously they're awesome. Yieldlings, Mingos, and Linglings are probably my favorite NFT project, but it's a tough competition. There's a lot of good stuff out there. And guys, Algo was at 131 yesterday, and today it's at like 145. We're going to keep going up. And if we go down again, then I'm a liar but it's going to be okay. I love you guys. And uh, thanks for listening and subscribe on Spotify and reach out to me. If there's anything that you want me to talk about, or if you disagree with anything I said, thanks guys. I'll see you next week.
Wow, do you guys remember that time where I told you that I would be talking about some DeFi protocols and I completely didn't? Next week. I'm going to bring it up next week. I'm talking about it next week and uh, I'm really excited about it. And that gives me an extra week to do some research. And if you want to give me some ideas to talk about it, guys, we're not here. We're not planners. This is not a podcast for people who plan things. This is a podcast for people who put things off to the last minute and live life by the seat of their pants. If you're not like that, that's okay. But don't judge me, okay? I'm just a guy with a microphone. You, you were, that was a dangerous combination in the first place. Giving me a microphone and a platform is dangerous. See you next week, guys. Love you, bye.